Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the bachelorette party none of you are legally allowed to talk about. I'm Alicia Herter. I'm Tara Kack. And that NDA is strong. <laughs> On today's episode, witchy pilgrimages, witches in the news, and a spell to break a foot track hex. I can't believe I said that right. That's amazing. Thank you. good i don't really have a check-in i didn't even think about this no what are you been up to what are you, are you reading anything how the cat's doing your cat tales we haven't even talked about the cat books on the podcast we? and we don't need to because i finished all seven books of them god damn and it. now i'm in the new prophecy okay <laughs> i'm in the sequel i'm in part two mm-hmm. she's legends of cora i am actually reading um the witches of new york what is it eight years too late oh, it came out in 2016 that's okay I very very it. good oh you should read it. Is it written on a scale one to ten? To uh, ten, because it's interesting. Oh. Yeah, by Amy McKay, The Witches of New York. It's very, very good. And it's set in the 1880s or 1890s. And it'll allude to, like, back in the day New York things. So it'll mm-hmm. talk about the making the Brooklyn Bridge and shit like that. Oh, I love things like that. Yeah, it's very atmospheric, very, like, spooky-ooky, psychic-y. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Highly recommend. I'm like 150 pages in. It's like 500. So I'm like, this ain't my cat books. (laughs) Those were a nice like 212 and out the door, you know. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is Scholastic Book Fair. And now Mm -hmm. I'm at the University Biblioteca. Exactly. What are you up to? What's going on? Okay, what's going on? So I just want to say... Mm-hmm. Happy Ostara. Happy Ostara, everyone. By the time this airs, when, when does it air? Next week. So it's happened. It's a little late. We're coming in a little late. But spring is here. <gasps> Persephone is free from her rapist. We're all just like having a good time. We're so moving and grooving. Yeah. I'm moving a lot. I have two updates. Two. All right. I started, have you heard of this? I started listening to the Magnus Archives. No. Okay. So I don't know what this is. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. So... You are a known, tried and true. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> uh, welcome Bitch. to ni- no. Oh. <laughs> you are a, a known mm-hmm. welcome to Night Vale listener. Oh yes, I would listen today. So welcome to Night Vale has sort of like it starts off as individual stories that seem like unconnected, but within the same universe of like weird things are happening in this desert town. The Magnus Archives very similar, where it's like starts off as like individual stories that seem disconnected from this archive of like supernatural happenings Mm. and then and it's like sort of detailed by this archivist who's like trying to go through like this list of firsthand accounts of like things happening and then it unveils into like this larger story that's like really queer and like very spooky but it doesn't happen it doesn't have like the absurdism Okay. It doesn't have like the comedy of Welcome to Night Vale, but it is like very deep, serious, very spooky, deeply unsettling. Ooh, and um, it's British. Will it cause me nightmares though? I'm having so many nightmares. <laughs> I live in hell, but I can't. I cannot stop listening to it. Okay. So I just wanted to recommend it. It's kind of like an old recommendation. It's kind of like recommending cereal people i've still never listened to it so well but you know of it right Mm -hmm. so it's like it's kind of yeah it's like recommending like i don't want to say game of thrones but it's like everybody's like kind of heard of it but the magnus archives it's very spooky if you're kind of like i'm kind of in like a summer goth like sensation oh daylight savings happens and she's turned to the darkness (laughs) let she misses it give me the night (laughs) i just want to say that that's like kind of like the lens through which i'm looking through the world which is full of witches and demons and then also I got a new rice cooker. Oh, what are you making? Yeah. Do you have food? I wanted. Are you hungry, baby? I'm always hungry. I don't have any. I could give you. You want some nuts? No. Come on. You. I'm a guest, and you give me nuts. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Thank you for the wine. Um, you're welcome. So I wanted an instapot, but instead you got a rice cooker. But instead I got a rice cooker. Okay. So at first I was like, 
okay, don't need an Instapot. They're like over $100. Also, Instapots are too big for my apartment. So when I get the new big, beautiful apartment with the big windows and the backyard, I'm going to get the Instapot. But doesn't it look like a bomb? Oh, it looks great. It looks like a pressure cooker, kind of. Yeah. And so it's, it's so got sleek. Buttons. Yeah. This is not why I'm telling you it. Okay. We got buttons, Dolly. Dolly likes rice. Came with a bunch of recipes. Oh. And apparently, let me get comfortable, you can make frittatas. In a rice cooker? That's what I said. Have you done it? I haven't. Well, I have not done it because I don't eat eggs. But. But aren't there vegan eggs now? Well, yes, because there's the just eggs. So this is kind of like the scheme that I'm going through. Okay, okay. It's like they have instructions on how to make frittatas in a rice cooker. I'm nervous, but I'm also like aroused. Isn't it just like a stove top? It's literally a pot. And when you think, when you expand your mind to be like the rice cooker is just a pot, every, it's unlimitless. That's true. You make stew. You can make chili. Yes. You could maybe make rice. I don't know. I don't I'm, know if it's up to it. I don't, I feel like they're like, this is beneath me. Mm -hmm. You can do something more creative than that. You could do, you could do a fucking omelet. You could. A fucking egg have, omelet. Um, vegan egg omelet. Like a French toast recipe. Oh. A fucking insane. In a rice cooker. That sounds good. I need a rice cooker French toast. I bet it's delicious. I bet it is. Because you can't really go wrong with French toast. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I've never had a, I've had a French toast when I like, that's not what I wanted in my soul. Mm-hmm. But it's never been like the French toast is bad. Yeah. French toast is good and it can only get better. Right. Yeah. It's like baseline. French toast is good. Right. Russia is bad. French toast is good. Sometimes people make French toast. That's great. Russia is still bad. <laughs> Russia is still bad. <laughs> Look at this metaphor. I'm here. I'm here in it. So we have to do some housekeeping. Great. What are we doing? So we have to talk about the Patreon. I love the Patreon. Don't skip. Nobody I, skip. I said I love the Patreon. Everybody stay here with me and Alicia. Okay, great. I'm so, here. Alicia and I, we've set a new goal for our Patreon. Why are we doing it? We need new recording equipment. Yeah, we do. Our recording equipment, it's bad. No, that's not true. It's just... It's fine. It's just okay. It was meant... <laughs> it was originally meant for ghost hunting. And now mm -hmm. Alicia and I have... Abandoned goat hunting <laughs> entirely. <laughs> that is a dangerous sport, Okay. Alicia and I are prone to tripping. Especially me. Down. Boom. Weak ankles. One step. Very weak. Weak ankle. So our new goal is not money-based. It's the amount of patrons. So what is our amount? It is 500 patrons, which seems like a lot. But it's if, not. if you look at how many listens we have. Also, how many billions of people are in the world in this dimension? I just want to let you know that I counted. Using mental math and also a pen and paper. <laughs> a fucking calculator. <laughs> that we have over 21 hours worth of bonus content on our Patreon. That's a dumb amount. It's so much. Why are we working this hard? <laughs> I don't understand. So if you are perhaps doing a stakeout, you're stalking somebody and you need to sit in a sedan across from somebody's apartment for an overnight coffee-fueled I don't think you're drinking coffee if you're doing a stakeout. That's like energy drink central, right? Yeah, you're doing a stakeout. You have to stay up all night. Yeah, but coffee is not the liquid of choice. What are you doing? Oh, you're doing, and oh, we're you're doing, doing like five hour energy. You're doing like monster. You're doing Red Bull. You're like, you're in it. Okay, so if you are under 30, you're doing Red Bull. If you are 50 and over, you're doing your Starbucks coffee. Because mm. if you do Red Bull, you will die. This is a bad ad I'm doing. This is bad. Beep -a -dee beep beep. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. We need more Patreon patrons. We need more Patreon witches. Alicia and I really need new microphones. And I think we deserve it. So if 500 of you just get your shit together, it's $5 a month. We have so much content. And I think we deserve it. So just going to put that out there and then manifest it into the world. Hey, world, listen, manifesting. Thank you. Yeah. Bitch. That's all I got. I think we can edit something from that. <laughs> I think that was great. Leave it all in, Marcel. All right. Here we go. Okay. So what are we talking about today? The pilgrimage. The pilgrimage. Capital T, capital P. Capital T, capital No, you never capitalize the article adjective. All right. You're right. So the capital P. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Where are we going? Wherever we need to. 
What draws us somewhere? Why would why would we go anywhere when we have everything here? Dog, <laughs> Netflix, heat, power, a toilet? They, uh, you have a bidet. I don't even know why I leave here. <laughs> I have no clue. It's fucking pilgrimage for me to come from my apartment all the way to your apartment. That's why you come here. That's it. Yeah. She's like, I need that spritzy sprite up my that ass. Mm-hmm. A little, ooh, okay. Get my, get my little Tide balloon asshole cheat. Ooh, thank you. Before we get into this, give me some of your um, your preconceived notions about pilgrimages, pilgrims. Okay, pilgrims. Pilgrim aesthetic, pilgrim dress. A lot of black, a lot mm-hmm. of white. Very long. Mm-hmm. Some kind of weird fucking hat. Oh, gotta be. But what is it? What is the hat? What is the hat? I, I don't know. I think it's like you have to be able to see someone's silhouette from far away and be like, don't fuck with them. They're pilgrims. It's kind of like a nun thing, but even, but nuns look more dignified than pilgrims. <laughs> yeah, you know? they do. The veil is more better than like this little um, bucket yeah. uh, pizza hut hat yeah. that they're wearing. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, journeys. Mm-hmm. Which... It's always about the journey, not the destination. Oh, wisdom. Wisdom. Ooh, wise. Struggle. Oh, I, it makes me think Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm. Death and cholera. Dysentery. Oh, Absolutely. dysentery. There we go. Cock the wagon and float. You have multiple siblings because we assume they will die on Why the way. Why would you ever ford the river? <laughs> Cock it and float. Wait, so wait. I thought fording was the float. No, no, fording is like, you fucking balls to the wall, just go in. (laughs) All of our little cattle, we're like, we're going, we're going, and we're drowning, we're dying. That's what it, that's what ford the river was. Cock the wagon and float is somehow like, everything's going to float to the shore, I hope. People actually did that? They were like, people should have taken the fucking ferry. Yeah, but we're all poor. That's true. Even if you pick the banker, there are going to be other rivers. That's true. There's a lot of rivers in this fucking country. I'm like, why? I don't trust any of them. The rivers? Any of them. Or the ferrymen. Well, we know not to trust ferrymen. I've listened to this podcast (laughs) once before. Suspicious. Okay, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you might be thinking that to be a pilgrim, you have to wear a big white collar and a buckle hat. But it sounds like while the white collar is necessary, the buckle hat is a stylistic (laughs) choice. You gotta pay for your pilgrimage these days. (laughs) That's what she's saying. A pilgrim is any person who goes on a journey to travel to a sacred place for some kind of spiritual reason. It's very simple. It's black and white. There's not a lot of like... uh, Very vague too. It is, yeah. Yeah. So the journey is called a pilgrimage or as I like to call them, a magical quest. Oh. You're going on a quest. Okay. To a magical place. Coming right out of the gate, one of our Patreon questions was... Does the pilgrimage have to have a destination? And the answer is no. Life is my pilgrimage. That's very beautiful. I'm a pilgrim of life. You are a poem. That's probably why I'm depressed. Oh, no. (laughs) The journey is just as important or sometimes more important than the destination. And there are pilgrimages that are entirely about continuous travel. You just got to keep moving. We only go forward. Because they'll get you? They are going to catch up to us if we stop. Don't like that. One that immediately comes to mind is the Shikoku pilgrimage. Have you heard of this? No. So they did like a travel channel like special on it. Oh, love that. Which is where I heard about it originally like 10 years ago. Mostly because there was this really cute couple who started off having a good time on the pilgrimage and at the end was not having a good time together. (laughs) Do your legs fall off? From the continuous movement? Yes. It's, I'm going to tell you about this. This is like, it's too long. It's It's far too long. So we need a break. A bitch needs a break. The pilgrimage consists of traveling to 88 different temples on the Japanese island of Shikoku that are associated with the monk Kobodashi. The pilgrimage is traditionally taken on foot and the temples don't have to be visited in order, but visiting them in reverse order is like considered to be lucky. While this pilgrimage does have 88 destinations, the 750 mile journey, which is, as I said, far too long Mm -hmm. from temple to temple is what's important. So it's like, uh, you take the same path that Kobodashi took to each individual temple, but going to the temples isn't what's important. It's like the time in between. Kobodashi had a lot of time, mm-hmm. didn't have a social life. No. Sounds like he didn't have a job. No, his job was walking and thinking probably. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Who's hiring for that? <laughs> I could do that. Put that on your indies. Oh, except with my ankle. I can't even do that. Ugh. Guess you got to do this. 
That's fine. In our sacrifice episode, we talked at length about what makes a site or an object sacred. But to recap, something is made sacred when you elevate it to the realm of the gods through some kind of association or action. Examples being like holy water is made sacred through a blessing and Mecca is considered sacred because it's where the prophet Muhammad had his first revelation. So it's been elevated because of some action that's happened, some event. I think there's also a kind of like ritualistic nature to pilgrimages as if it's like kind of like a long form ritual. So a lot of pilgrimages have like a similar checklist to rituals. So one, you wear like a special outfit. Oh, I would love that. So in the case of the Shikoku pilgrimage, pilgrims will wear this like white outfit that consists of a jacket, pants, these like special little shoes, a sash, and the woven sugegasa hat. Number two, you can use a special tool. Walking sticks feature prominently in many pilgrimages because you've got to walk so far and you get so, so tired. Mm -hmm. But it's also possible that you might travel to carry like a specific object from one place to another. Okay. Number three, offerings are often left. So the Taishan pilgrimage in China will have you walking up 6,660 steps to the summit of Mount Tai to pray and leave offerings at the most sacred peak in China. Oh my gosh. Your ass is going to look so good after that. That's what I was thinking. I was like, people do this multiple times. I'm like, your thighs? Like, do Is there like an Airbnb up there? Can I stay up there for a few days? Do I have to come immediately back down? Oh, yeah. Does it like close at eight? (laughs) What do I do? There's like somebody up there like for COVID that's like, sorry, only 12 people at a time. (laughs) You're just waiting on, oh. Six feet apart, everybody. Waiting on steps and knowing how many steps there are. Yeah, you're at like step 2000. That'd be awful. Oh, God. During a pilgrimage, you might ritually bathe, as is the case with Ramshram, India, or the ritual bathing in the Ganges River where, like, millions of people, like, descend upon the Ganges and, like, dunk their whole bodies in this body of water. And then, of course, it's supposed to change you or benefit you in some way, which leads me to my next topic, which is, why are we fucking doing this? We love travel. We love uh, new experiences. Mm -hmm. We got to connect with something. Mm -hmm. You know, COVID's had us locked up for a really long time. You just got to get out. You got to like breathe the air. You got to use your body. Why go on a pilgrimage when you could like go to Barbados? That's the question, I think. That is the question. And I have the answer. Oh, okay. So why are you, baby witch? going to leave the comfort of your Brooklyn apartment when there is a fridge and hopefully solid plumbing and as we said a bidet for a chance to shit in a hole this is a very good question so well you don't always get a chance to shit in a hole depending (laughs) on where you're from so this is a cultural experience exactly little do we know that if you did want to align your chakras your chakras your chakras (laughs) cut it myself (laughs) Your chocolates? Your chocolates? My woo. My chocolates? My woo chocolate. My 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 clown chocolate. Say woo chocolate. A pilgrimage is separate from a regular trip to the Outer Banks because of the intention you set for it. This sounds obvious, but hear me out. Imagine, baby, which close your eyes unless you're driving. Imagine you're invited out to a bar with some friends. You go and it's fun. And you eat greasy bar french fries Mm. and you stare down a creep who's bothering one of your hot friends and you get home at the end of the night with achy feet and a smile. It's not how my nights end. (laughs) How do they end, (laughs) baby? Normally, you're smiling, but you like throw up. Right. Okay. And then you go to bed. Well, you'll put on like some cute cartoon, smoke a bowl, go to bed. Nice. Okay. Great night. So imagine that night. Mm -hmm. Now imagine you're invited out to a bar with some friends for a girl's night. Oh, no. Oh, God. So immediately, a totally different attitude. You dress different. Your friend might come over to do her makeup and get ready with you, staring down a creep who is bothering your friend on girl's night. That's fucking offensive. Ordering a big plate of french fries on girl's night. That's great, unless we're all on diets. Getting home with achy feet after girl's night. Ooh, that's great. Still throwing up. Vomiting <laughs> on girls' night. Exactly. So girls' night, it's different. Secrets are shared. Friendships deepen. Even an invitation to a girls' night is a rite of passage on its own. So from the outside, not much is different about this night except that from the very beginning, the intention was elevated to a sacred status. Mm. The separation of this time away from the mundane can create an opportunity for spiritual growth. So every night... Should be a girl's night. This is very much like ev- treat everybody like it's their birthday. Ah, okay. But every night is girl's night. Every night is girl's night. 
Now, here's the deal. You might also want to go on a pilgrimage because you might be trying to bottle up some of that holy energy to bring back to the office. On the one hand, many pilgrimages are taken to either cleanse or bless an individual for the year or life to come. So in that sense, you are taking that clean and blessed energy back with you to your job at H&R Block. <laughs> but in addition to being squeaky clean, a lot of pilgrimages and temples offer charms and talismans and blessed trinkets and cute bralettes. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to one. So I couldn't find like much evidence that like, like this is like a status symbol, but there is a part of me that's like, if you're going to like a yoga retreat and you have a talisman from like the Shikoku temple pilgrimage, mm -hmm. like people are going to be like, wow. Oh yeah. You come back with like yoni balls or something. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or Benoit balls. Benoit balls or the yoni egg. Or the yoni egg. Yep. Two yep. very distinct vaginal. Recreational toys? <laughs> Tools? Tools. Burdens. <laughs> Curses. So sure, there are sacred places, but there are also, get this, sacred times. 11-11? Mm. Oh. 12-12? Oh. 1-1. Okay, there's too many sacred times if that's how we're going to play this game. <laughs> I put down Christmas, Samhain, my birthday, Alicia's birthday, the season premiere of The Bachelor in Paradise. There are times of the year that are just magical. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in our Patreon Vaults of the Obscure episode on Stonehenge, but Stonehenge is the place to be on the summer and winter solstice. Other places we can pilgrimage on the Sabbats, Sedona on Samhain, specifically the four main vortexes at Airport Mesa, Cathedral Rock, Bell Rock, and Boynt Ooh, Boynton. Boynton? Boynton That's Canyon? That's not very mad. It's like Boink U Canyon. Do not go there. <laughs> Fuck that place. Fuck them. Reykjavik, Iceland holds a celebration of midnight summer during the summer solstice that goes back to the age of the Vikings, which sounds super fun. Celebrating Inti Ramin in Cusco, Peru. I'm really sorry if I said that wrong, but I didn't have time to look up the, the pronunciation. So maybe just like take it as like, oh, endearing little girl from Indiana doing real hard work on her podcast. Anyway, so what's up, <laughs> Southern Hemisphere? While the Northern Hemisphere is freezing its fucking tits off, you guys are keeping it easy breezy bikini squeezy, which means your winter is in June. So Inti Remi is a sun festival that dates back to the mixing of the Incan and Andean beliefs. And Cusco, Peru has the biggest, ooh, biggest party. The festival begins with a reenactment of appeasing Inti, the sun god, in the center of Cusco, before pilgrimaging to Sacsayhuaman ruins outside of the city. And finally, the most ritually of them all, doing the sacred thing in the sacred place. Ooh. So, let's be real. Let's get honest. Let's be real. Can we do some real talk? Let me let's, turn my chair around. Let's Hello. be real with Tara and Alicia. <laughs> That's a very cute. That's cute. Instead of witch and bitch, let's get real. Let's get real. I'm smoking a cigarette for some reason. How would we open that show? We're just two friends who can help you and your friends. Let's get real. -da 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 -da. With Tara and Alicia. And I'm smoking the cigarette. Okay, right, right, right. That's I it. like that a lot. Thank you. And what am I doing? Um, I You have some kind of like girl boss hands crossed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like your body language is shut off, but it's also like. Oh, she's in charge. So can I wear a blazer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. I only, I don't even know. I don't think I'm wearing anything. <laughs> the only fully nude podcast. Half nude. <laughs> <laughs> On my mother's side. It's half nude. <laughs> Topless, at least. So let's be real. Mm -hmm. Getting proposed to at the Denny's. And getting proposed to under the stars on a boat on the Hudson River on the anniversary of your first date with your song playing in the background. Both can be beautiful, but one is magical. <laughs> and that's the Denny's. And that's the Denny's. Over <laughs> the you ordered chocolate milk and it came on time. <laughs> they didn't forget you this time. My okay, so here's the here's the dream proposal. You go to the Denny's. <laughs> here's the D. You go to the Denny's. You order the Grand Slam. Oh, okay. In the middle of the hash browns is the ring. Oh, greasy. It's to slide on your finger easier. You're, it's too small. Mm -hmm. But he also doesn't want it to come off once you say yes, because it is a promise. And you are his property at that point. <laughs> you have agreed. And that is what makes it so magical. Mm -hmm. So, And the lingering smell of hash browns that lasts for weeks. You, you lick your little... Oh, Delicious. I love you hash like browns. Bl blood diamond, hash brown diamond. Mm -hmm. So good. So, Alicia, mm -hmm. where are we going? Where are we headed? We're going to different places. We're going to move and groove 
first stop, we're going to go to the Hag's Chair in Ireland. Oh, I love rain. Oh, here we go. In Meath, Ireland, people will flock to Loftcrew Hills to see the works of the Hag of Bear. B-E-A-R-E. So not like, rawr. <laughs> Very different. It's it's like a French bear. Rawr. Oh, rawr. Oi. Wee. Rawr. <laughs> The hag was originally a sovereign goddess, an earth mother who presided over the Irish landscape. She would form islands, turn lakes into mountains, claim hills for her own. She's just like, the earth is her shit. She loves that shit. She's like, put a tree there, put a tree there, pop, pop, pop. It's cute. Put a little sheep. Ah, beautiful. The hag of bear was seen as also this dark side of an earth goddess because people live on the earth, but she's kind of like, fuck you guys. You're fucking with my earth, you know? Not about that life. Don't fuck with my sheep. I put it there on purpose. I put it there on purpose. Are you trying to move my hill? <laughs> Rude. One day, the Hag of Bear attempted to spread her rule over Ireland. She's like, fuck these people. I'm fucking over it. I am queen of this plot of land. Each day, she would drop large boulders on each of the Loft Crew hills. Like, bah, bah. Better get out of the way. Better flee. Bah, bah. On the third hill, the Hag missed. And instead, she fell to her death. Oh, no leaving an assortment of 5,000-year-old passage tombs scattered across the hills to this day. It is a Neolithic necropolis, a passage tomb cemetery, with some evidence of at least 30 tombs still on the land to this day. Many of the structures are present only in outline form. The stones which covered it became fair game for construction projects before the site was taken under preservation. So the people are coming and they're like, I need a rock to build my house. They just be taking these rocks. What? This is a woman's body. This is a sovereign goddess. Isn't that insane? But now Ireland's like, no, no, no. Don't touch these rocks. Leave these rocks alone. Please don't build your house with these rocks. Some of the remaining tombs are lavishly decorated with engravings whose meanings have eluded archaeologists and inspired much speculation. Oh, I love speculation. What is Speculate this about? everywhere. What is happening? And one of the most notable stones among the hills is that of the hag's chair. It is a massive stone with armrests carved into the stone. And this chair, this stone chair, is 10 feet long by 6 feet high, which means it is much bigger than me. <laughs> much bigger than me. Statistically, on any given day, this chair, much larger. Also, this also means... This woman had a fucking donk. Oh, yeah. She was like, this is my fucking chair. And it was believed that the hag of bear would sit on this chair and just look out over her germane. She would check on the sheep. She'd love everything. It was very nice and cute and quaint in the olden days and the better times, you know. Before she fell off that cliff. Before she fell off that cliff. I have a question. To assert her dominance. Yes, I may or may not have an answer. It's okay if you don't. It's more of a speculation because okay. as we are in the business of speculation. Oh, we love that, yeah. If she was big enough to make all of these tombs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and rocks, mm -hmm. how high is this fucking cliff that she fell off of? I think she was in the sky. What? Because, you know, she's a goddess, so she can probably, like, be in the air. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why she kind of, like, fell. I don't know how she, like, mistook a boulder as herself and threw herself down. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not really sure the details. But I'm assuming flight was part of it. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Other question. Yes. When are we going? Whenever you want. Okay. Once this whole World War Three finishes up, wraps up. We can still go to Europe. I guess it's like the furthest from, right? It's either that or Iceland. Yeah. Or like the furthest ones. We can go whenever. Whenever you want. But local lore states that a modern visitor, you or me, a modern cute visitor. You got to look really cute when you go, of course. Yeah, you got to look chic. Can sit on the chair and ask a wish, and that <gasps> wish will be granted. Just one wish, though. Don't be fucking greedy. What are we wishing for? What, well, what would I you wish know. for? Well, I think that's part of the sacredness. It's like you're not supposed to share. It's like a birthday wish. What would I, why would I fucking tell you? No, you can't, that's only beforehand. You can't tell your birthday wish afterwards. That's like when it matters. Right. So if you say it before, it's okay. No, it's still not going to come true. She opens her journal of wishes she's already told people. <laughs> just like, I open like, it up, it like, like keeps unfolding, it rolls down the You're stairs. Like, no! My wishes! Okay, all right. I do love a wish. And I do have to kiss that Blarney Stone, so we have to go to Ireland. We have to go to Ireland. Where else are we going? We are going to 
New Hampshire. Again? Again? I've never been there, but I assume we've been there. Again? On the United States East Coast sits the sleepy town of Salem. Salem, New Hampshire, that is. Boom, gotcha, roasted. (laughs) Dunked. (laughs) Embarrassed. Fooled. (laughs) All of you. And there you can find America's Stonehenge. So we don't have to go to Stonehenge. I mean, we should probably still go to Stonehenge, but we have a whole Patreon episode about it, so we weren't going to talk about it today. Okay, thank God. Originally called Mystery Hill, America's Stonehenge is an archaeological site spread out over 30 acres in southern New Hampshire. That's big. It is big. No one there really knows for sure why it's there. Some claim it's ancient ruins of a long-forgotten North American culture. Others say it was built by Phoenicians, Vikings, Celts, Irish monks, or even aliens. I picked that one. That one sounds more interesting. Definitely. It is a series of large stone chambers and upright stones. And there's even a giant sacrificial, sacrificial in quotes. We don't know if anyone was actually sacrificed. (laughs) A giant sacrificial table that looks kind of like where they killed Aslan in Chronicles of Narnia. It's like a round table. Oh, my God. The complex is surrounded by a circular stone wall with standing stones going out in several directions that align with astrological occurrences such as the equinoxes and solstices, which makes it very, very stonehenge It's like, have you ever been to Las Vegas? Yes. So you got they've got that little Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. and they've got that little Italy, mm-hmm. and they've got that... That little church with Elvis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but like in New Hampshire, and it's quite mystical. That's what it sounds like to me. Can we get married there? I think your expectations are going to be underwhelmed. Oh, no. (laughs) It's not as massive as the original Stonehenge, nor will it really take up hours of your time. You know, you go there and it's just like a great place to explore. And to this day, local pagans will hold celebrations at America's Stonehenge. So if you go on a Sabbat, you might see other witches there as well. So if you went last Ostara, like this past weekend, you might have seen some shit. That's pretty fucking cool. So you kind of can just go there and soak up like the mystical, magical energy, or Mm -hmm. you can do some kind of celebration or ritual there yourself. And if rocks aren't your thing, you can go to Ulysses in the mythic, historic country of Greece. Oh, the magical country. The magical country. In the olden times, Greeks all over the Mediterranean would take a pilgrimage to Eleusis for initiation in the mysteries. The fuck are the mysteries? I know, I knew, I, I knew I got you. What? The moment. They capitalized M on mystery, and I was like, ah, we're doing this. Click. What is this? Eleusis was the site of the Eleusinian mysteries, or the mysteries of Demeter and Persephone. We talked about this. We talked about this. We talked about how we wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm which became popular in the Greek-speaking world as early as 600 BC and continued into the mid-late 4th century CE. Common era, baby. A long time. That's a long fucking time. These mysteries revolved around a belief that there was a hope for life after death for those who were initiated. This is the only way. This is the only way. You go, you do the mysteries, and you're saved. This is a cult. Maybe. Probably. (laughs) Most likely. But they're dead now, so it's okay. The central myth of the mysteries came from Demeter's quest for Persephone after Hades abducted her. Demeter searched for Persephone on Ulysses and befriended the local royal family while in a disguise. Because, you know, she's a goddess. We're disguised all the time. While she was there, Demeter agreed to raise the queen's son. Demeter would have made the royal son immortal, like a god. But the queen interfered before Demeter was able to. And the Eleusinian mysteries originated in the twofold story of Demeter's life, her separation from and reunion with her daughter and her failure to make the queen's son immortal. So it's kind of their way of chasing that immortality. Chasing that dragon. Chasing that dream. This is what we know happened during the rites. There was a ritual bath in the sea, three days of fasting, and completion of the still mysterious central ritual. During the mystery rites, Something was recited, something was revealed, and acts were performed. (laughs) Okay. But there is no evidence revealing what actually happened or what was actually said during the rites, making it still 
a mystery. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Don't you want to go? They went somewhere and stuff happened and things also happened. But you have to think about it. So first we bathe. Okay, so we bathe. We and okay. then we fast for three days. I am hallucinating. <laughs> I haven't had a shit in three days because there's nothing to come out. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I'm allowed to have water. I don't know what kind of fast this fucking is. They're like, let's recite something together. I'm going to show you something and then something's going to happen. My mind would be fucking blown. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It'd be fucking crazy. Oh, no. And Ulysses is now a fully functioning town with many historic archaeological sites and ancient ruins. It also hosts the Aeschylia Festival, which is held in honor of Aeschylus, who was born in Ulysses, so they like to honor him. The festival includes stage productions, art exhibitions, and installations, concerts, and dance events. But I know, we're all just there to pursue the mystery. And, and find that's out. reason enough. Oh my gosh. And you know, if the mystery sucks, you can go to Athens, because that's also very spooky-wookie pagany. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, why not? Greece is like quite... It's like romantic, but then it's also everything's kind of in sepia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love to go. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And our last place we will touch upon is Takwa, Kenya. We're going to Africa. Bada, 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 bada. What is that? That's you like. I put it like on a hat. That was really you don't it. want to get sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> hat, sunscreen. Yeah. Here we go. Passport. Passport. Ready to go. Do I need a shot? Maybe. Going to Takwa is literally. A pilgrimage in itself. Not only do you have to get to Kenya. One, Takwa is on Manda Island in the northern part of Kenya. It is a 45-minute boat ride from the city of Lamu through mangrove swamps. Once you arrive at the island, it's about a mile walk to the ruins via muddy paths and decaying swing bridges. You are Indiana Jones. This is life or death. And there better be an immunity idol at the end. <laughs> Or you're dead. You're getting voted off at the next tribal council. Takwa holds the ruins of a town that was abandoned in the 18th century. It used to be a place where holy men and religious people would retreat to, and it holds the remains of the Great Mosque of Takwa that is still relatively well-preserved. And another important structure is the Pillar Tomb. And these tombs are important because certain tombs are known as the burial sites of sharifs or other holy men and women. And they attract visitors and pilgrims who make prayers and present offerings such as food and burning incense at the tomb site. The 17th century pillar tomb at Takwa is known as a pilgrimage site for people of the Lamu area who currently travel there to pray for rain or other special favors. And you can go and pray for something yourself. But it is common knowledge among locals that if you visit Takwa with bad intentions, you will die within the year. Oh, no. You're not going for Instagram. You better think of something better than that. Also, like, if your prayers are like, you know, I hope I do better on my exams than Bethany. Yeah, it's not a compare and despair. Dead. Dead. Done. Boom. Done. You're not going. It's over. You did that journey for what? Nothing. Congrats. You went to Kenya. Like, that's what's going to be on your tomb when you died. Congrats. You went to, she went on a mission trip. <laughs> Bless her. Never came back. And there are many other superstitions around the coast of Kenya, which makes it a magical and mystical place. Definitely worth the voyage. Okay. When we go in. Whenever. How do we... Are there flights from Newark to Kenya? I don't really know how Hold that on. works. Let's see. Google flights. Bitch, we can go to Nairobi for like 800 bucks. We should go to Nairobi. That'd be sick. There goes our plan to go to Egypt. <laughs> They're right next door. Yeah, we'll just we'll hop a bus. We'll take yeah. a quick train. It's fine. Okay, so... Our final Patreon question was, can I make my own pilgrimage? Can I do this on my own? I live on the West Coast. I'm not going to America Stonehenge. I'm not going to fucking New Hampshire. I live in Oregon. Exactly. It's not going to happen. So what do you think? Yeah. Can you make? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think yes. I think so pilgrimages are very personal. Mm -hmm. And so you go for your own reason. Any pilgrimage I might want to go on, Tara might not want to go on. Because it might not mean the same thing to her, you know? And I think it just matters if you make something that's important to you into a pilgrimage, then you can do it. But you do have to keep in mind the whole journey is the journey, not the destination part. Mm -hmm. And the return journey is still the journey of it. 
And like the the spiritual elements of it, mm-hmm. I feel like the setting of the intention seems like the most important part of it. But the idea isn't that like, I'm setting this intention to have a good day. I'm like setting this intention. Because like the first thing I was like, okay, what are pilgrimages Alicia and I have gone to? There's like going to the creek mm-hmm. that we hung out with as children. And then there's like, I felt like, one that is actually maybe perhaps a pilgrimage is you going to the reservoir. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, what is the intention behind this? It, it, it can't necessarily be just to like remember, but I feel like there's like this element of like, you are going there to have this like centering experience. Yeah. And so I was thinking about like, okay, what are pilgrimages you could do? Could a pilgrimage be going to visit like the grave of a loved one? Could yeah, a pilgrimage so. be like, going to your hometown at all like um could be the journey of spreading your dead dad's ashes like yeah. that could also be a pilgrimage I yeah think that absolutely is a pilgrimage yeah i was also thinking a little bit like if you were to make a pilgrimage for yourself where you're like i've decided that i'm gonna like create this like legacy or like this this journey like how could you perhaps like maybe you're a sea witch and part of your pilgrimage is like traveling from your house to the ocean and like doing specific things like on the way there. Mm-hmm. I think whatever means something to you, you can make into a pilgrimage. It doesn't have to be this like beautiful, magical place. Mm-hmm. It can be anywhere. Exactly. And that's kind of the fun of it. But if you also want to just cock the wagon and float, you can do that kind of pilgrimage too. I think moving to a new town or city and like taking yourself away from that place where you had like grown up and lived most of your life. That is a pilgrimage because oh, you're seeing yeah. so many things for the first time. And I think that's great. That's kind of beautiful. Like thinking about like, okay, like my drive when I left Indiana to Oregon, that's a pilgrimage in a mm-hmm. sense. And like your drive from Los Angeles to New York, yep. like that's a kind of pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And also Route 66, yep. that's a fucking pilgrimage. People would do that shit all the time. And like that's about the journey. Yeah. And it's like kind of the destination, but not really. Like reaching the end. Yeah. But it's also like, what fucking hijinks can you get in? That's why the road trip movie is so good. What can happen before you even get there? Oh, but that's such a good, that's such a good point. Road trip movies are about pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. Thelma and Louise to Wong Fu with love, Julie Newport. <laughs> Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. That is a fucking pilgrimage if there ever was one. Homeward Bound 2. Oh, even the Rugrats movie. Movie. Also, movie. Lost in Paris. Lost in Paris. Boom. Why are they losing these babies over and over and over again? These are some wily babies, though. Have you seen the new one? What? It's so scary. What are you talking about? New they one? like reanimated it. And they have like new episodes, but it's like that kind of animation that I guess kids really like, where everything kind of looks a oh, little three like D. Oh, it's like a little three D. Oh, it's did so scary. Uncanny Valley as fuck. It's so scary. I hate it. And it's just like, who's watching these babies? This no one is. Did you know that Tommy Pickle's parents are like our age? Don't they look ancient? They and do. Tired. But maybe that's just like having a baby. Like maybe that's just how you look having a baby. Especially through the perspective of a baby. Yeah, they do wear a lot of like robes and have a lot of five o'clock shadow. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot of, like, despair in the eyes sort of thing. Yeah. Like, what have we done? The hell that we have wrought. (laughs) Just all of your decisions and regrets flash before your eyes. Okay. This is the sinking ship. Great. I have two babies now. (laughs) Why did they have that second baby? Your first baby can use tools. Why would you have the second baby? Just mix things up, I guess. Add some new blood in there. Mm -hmm. Make things fresh. All right, that's that. Okay, cool. Do, okay, do we have any other thoughts on pilgrimages? No, just do it, dude. Okay. I mean, when gas prices go back down, have a great fucking time. Or take a walk. That's a pilgrimage. Which is in the news. Hell yeah. Where are we going now? We going to Scotland. Oh my God, I feel like I was just there. But you were in Ireland. They're not the same. They're not the same. On Tuesday, March 8th, a.k.a. International Women's Day, the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, issued a formal apology to the thousands of people persecuted as witches in Scotland. Boom. History made. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Witches of Scotland campaigners were pleased and welcomed the first formal recognition of this terrible miscarriage of justice. The first. The first. That, I know, they specifically said, the first. They're not done. In Nicola Sturgeon's apology, she hit on three reasons why this apology needed to take place in today's generation. She said, firstly, acknowledging injustice, no matter how historic, is important. This parliament has issued, rightly so, formal apologies and pardons for the more recent historic injustices suffered by gay men and by minors. Second, for some time, this is not yet historic. There are parts of our world where even today women and girls face persecution and sometimes death because they have been accused of witchcraft, which we all well know. And thirdly, fundamentally, I like how she just throws in these like words. While here in Scotland, the Witchcraft Act may have been consigned to history a long time ago, the deep misogyny that motivated it has not. We live with that still. Today, it expresses itself not in claims of witchcraft, but in everyday harassment, online rape threats, and sexual violence. The Witches of Scotland campaigners do still want more, including a national monument to commemorate those who were persecuted unjustly for witchcraft. Parliament, of course, has yet to enact that into action. But we got one step. We got one good step, a formal apology. I think apologies are beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think apologies are the best things you can bestow onto people. So that's great. Great first step. Wonderful. Congratulations. We've been following the story for a really long time. So thank you, Alicia, for bringing it to our attention before this big resolution so that we could follow it. Mm -hmm. And then also, if the Witch of Pungo could get her statue, which is a Scotland can get her, their statue. Yeah, one statue. Like, we're just asking for one statue. Pretty big statue, but one statue. I'm sure you have a bunch of statues you're not using. Put a wig on it. Come on. Right? It's like, we got we got the land. Put a statue. Our next story is police in Nigeria target churches and witch doctors, which sounds scarier than it is. I'm I mean, nervous. it's still kind of scary. In Nigeria, the police force is now targeting churches and witch doctors who name or identify witches. Hopefully this is a good thing, but you know, fuck the pigs. So we, who knows? <laughs> we don't know. The goal of this is to stop churches and religious figures from pointing a finger at people and accusing them of witchcraft before it's too late. Because all the stories we hear, it's too late, you know? Upon hearing an accusation or former accusations made, the police are going to the source and stopping these religious figures from continuing their witch hunt. Like quite literally a witch hunt. According to Proclamation 27 from 1933 in Nigeria, it is a punishable offense to impute another person for the use of non-natural means in causing disease or injury to any person or property. Meaning, if you call someone a witch, even though there's no basis or evidence for that, that's illegal. And so why are we doing this? Because we've been getting away from with it. Because you literally have to be like, I need someone to put a stop to this. And that's where we finally are, which is good, which is very good. The task to root them out was recently entrusted to Nampol's chief inspector, Christine von Dunem de Faunish. Beautiful. Who hit the ground running, targeting places suspected to be hotspots of abuse. She was quoted saying, we receive hundreds of complaints every day about malpractices in churches and manipulation by people pretending to be traditional healers. The inspector general decided that we address the situation. Our people are suffering and they are being abused. Chief Inspector Christine did clarify, saying that going after these religious people is not necessarily punitive. I like the word necessarily, meaning it could be. You could be being punished for this. But it is rather corrective and educational. She called it more community problem solving. It comes from a place of love. Exactly. Let's try to non-violently figure out why you're saying this. How can we correct it? How can we, like, change the narrative of this? And if you're going to be a fucking dick, then yeah, I'm going to take you to jail. Something like that. That's the vibe. Yeah. I really love that the inspector is a woman as yes. well. Yes. Because there is this kind of like... Chief Inspector Christine. Yes. Hey. It's it's really, it's... um. I feel like a lot of times there's like this, this like savior complex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's an opportunity for Chief Inspector Christine to be a champion for like... Her gender, which is most often the type of people that are going to be persecuted in yeah. this way. And she says, no, no, no. No more. No more. 
just because they're old, just because they have property that someone else wants. We got to stop it. Mm-hmm. We got to calm the fuck down. It's no not more, witchcraft. No more beheaded toddlers. It's not witchcraft. Let's just chill the fuck out, which I love that. It's just, ooh, Usa, everyone, take a deep breath. Let's figure out our problems. I love it. And our last story for today. Did Emma Watson throw a dig at J.K. Rowling? Did she do it? Bum, bum, bum. Tell us. Many people are speculating that a comment Emma Watson made during the BAFTA Awards may have been to throw shade at J.K. Rowling, which is very easy to do. (laughs) To be fair, Emma was introduced on stage by Rebel Wilson, who said, Here to present the next award is Emma Watson. She calls herself a feminist, but we all know she's a witch. I think that was supposed to be a joke, even though it's like the most unfunny joke I've ever heard. Rebel Wilson, what are you doing? You're so funny. How dare you? Someone else must have written this for her, you know? Emma comes out on stage, you know, looking all cute and shit. And she said, I'm here for all of the witches, you know, emphasized, italicized all sort of thing. And then she continued to uh, on to announce the next winning film. So the internet and my personal Google alerts for the word (laughs) witch. Have fucking exploded, okay? Shit, okay. Saying oh, no. that Emma's comments must have been against J.K. Rowling's stance on trans people, with Emma being an advocate, of course, for trans rights. And there has been a maelstrom of tweets about this moment from people praising Emma and being like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to trans people. You know, some shit like that. And then others, you know, on the other side being like, she's a fucking woke brat. And was plucked from obscurity by J.K. Rowling. Which, I mean, yeah, she was literally, like, 11. But also, chill the fuck. J.K. Rowling did not do casting. No. She probably signed off, ultimately. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And my question is, did she throw a dig? Because I, it just sounds like banter. All, I'm here for all the witches. And then she just continues on. So, I mean, maybe. And, like, great, you know? But it's also like, this is like a year ago issue. This ain't even relevant. Like, this isn't relevant right now. Well, it's medium relevant. Maybe not to Emma Watson herself, but because of like the Florida, like, don't say gay bill and also the Texas, like, we're going to. Do you think she's to- clocking that, though, living in the UK? But didn't she do These are the university- BAFTA awards. She did university in the US. That's true. Brown. So it's, I mean, trans rights are like a big topic right now, at least- on my yeah. Reddit feed. Mm-hmm. All the witches. What do you think? I think it could be either it was meant a little bit to subtly show. Throw, I, I can see both, honestly. I can't decide. But I feel like it's very un-Emma Watson to just go and pick a fight. I think it's also very un-Emma Watson to be vague, though. So is it banter? Did someone write her shitty dialogue as well? Is that it? Rebel... Wilson and Emma Watson are just like avatars for like two straight white British men. Yeah, they're like, what do women talk about? Witches. Duh. I think whether or not Emma Watson was throwing shade at J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. like placid, like milk toast stands like this are almost meaningless. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling cannot hurt you anymore. Mm-hmm. Emma, you have your own career. If you're going to make a, a stand for, like, trans people, then just say it. Don't, like, play this, like, little fucking game. But we also don't know if she was. Right. So that makes me think she wasn't. Ah! And if she was, it's like... Just ugh. get to the point. Yeah. Or use your platform. Exactly. If you're in front of a mic, you can say whatever you want. And this has been Witches in the News. Thank you. You are quite welcome. Quite. So to finish our episode... Because we're walking, we're traveling, we're moving and we're grooving, I'm going to present to you how to break a foot track hex. And you're going to tell me what that means. Because I don't know what those words are together. Do you have a guess? Foot track hex. Give me a wild Like my little like paw prints? Are you covering up my paw prints? In the snow? Yeah. Does Hansel and Gretel hide you from the Wicked Witch? Like the one spot in the snow where I like cracked my ankle oh no my one little boot print before mm-hmm. i went tumbling down that's all i can think that's a, that's honestly it's pretty close oh okay great there are lots of different kinds so foot track hexes are any kind of spell that prevents you from moving forward in your life 
or affects how you move through the world. Mm. So common foot track hexes can be making you accident prone, trip prone, slipping in the snow prone, make you tired or cause you to walk into danger. Okay, I don't think I'm accident prone. I just think accidents happen to me. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Okay, fair. Thank you, everyone. Now, baby witch, since you're going to go on a cute trip this summer to somewhere witchy, we want to make sure that you are free of foot track hexes. So here's a way to clear yourself up. Here's what you need. Nine equal lengths of root from Viburum alinofolium, also known as devil shoestring. I don't know if I can do this one. So they need to probably be about a foot long or even longer, and they cannot be cut to size, so you have to choose carefully. This is going to be, you are you buy your ticket, you start looking. There's a couple plants out there called devil shoestring, but the one you're looking for has wide heart-shaped leaves and white flowers. It's non-toxic to humans and pets, but do not eat the berries. They might give you a tummy ache. Oh. Then you're also going to need a silver bead charm or something that can be attached to these roots. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. Cleansing ground, always. Three deep breaths. And then braid the nine lengths of devil shoestring together to form an ankle bracelet. You're going to attach in the center of your anklet your silver charm. This is very vacation vibes. Exactly. I was like, we're going to Florida. Outer Banks. Woo. This is like you bring it back to the middle school and everyone's like, oh, where'd you go? Yes. That never happened to me. Well, because you were at home. Because I was at home. And little did they know that one day Alicia Herter would go to Sweden just to see Lord because the tickets were cheaper. They were only $60. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So you're going to wear this anklet wherever you go to ward off foot track hexes until it breaks apart. This comes from the Element Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells. Wow. That's it. It's cute. It's flirty. It's summer. I like it. And it takes a long time to find these roots. And it's fun to say foot track hex. Foot track hex. Foot track hex. We would like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, our intern and researcher, Brian Rainey, and Kevin McLeod for the music on the intro and outro that you hear for each episode. Every time we do it. But I'd also like to thank anyone who has left reviews on Apple Podcasts or subscribed on Spotify. I know it sucks to write reviews, but I think we deserve them. 21 extra hours of bonus content? I can't... Like, we are going to get to episode 100 by the very beginning of season five that's like that's insane that's crazy that's too much content we should we need to stop this we need to shut it down we are a runaway train (laughs) we're just hitting everything on our path to destruction there's like that meat or what is it like the moral um what is it the the moral choice where it's like you've got the runaway train and like you can choose either to like run over one person or like run over like I think it's like run over a child or run over five people and then like who do you choose? The child. <gasps> They've hardly enjoyed life. Baby. How old are they? I don't know. Three? How, how old until anything. you matter? And how old until you've lived enough life that you deserve to not die? Mm. Thirteen. Okay, so thirteen seasons, then we can quit. <laughs> Okay. All right. Continuing on. If you, they want to find you online and talk about your questionable choice of killing children, you can find me on Instagram at Alicia period Herder. And if you want to find Tara online, where can I go to find you? You can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you can find me at underscore little moss. That's my private Instagram. And I just see if you're following Alicia. And if you'd like to follow the podcast on Instagram, you can go to at which yes. You can also find us on Facebook at which yes, the Facebook coven. Or if you just have an ordinary question that you don't want to send by mail because that takes too long, you can email us at witchespodcast at gmail.com. We also have a banging discord. Those witches are so cute and they love each other and they'll love you. And they're planning a trip. Speaking of trips. This is crazy. They're planning a trip. You can also find us on Patreon. $5 Patreon witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. Which is crazy. Like the amount of content, the amount of love, the amount of joy. The amount of struggle. The amount of effort. Put into. The amount of editing. And charisma. The amount of charisma we bring each week. I don't know how we do it. Last week they had how the CIA used astrology. 
yes. to take over governments. Yes. Next week they have Sylvia Brown. Oh, the psychic. The must the much awaited. The prophet? The psychic? The scam artist? Sylvia Brown? Who knows? Ten dollar and above, witches get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, baby witches. If you're on the Patreon, you get to ask us questions. This entire episode was led by Patreon questions. Thank you. We appreciate you. And if you're a $20 Patreon witch, you can also ask about a topic that we can talk about on the Patreon. Do you want to use us like a little marionette doll? I do. Oh, no. Beep, 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 beep. My arms are like dancing. (laughs) And because Alicia went like beep, 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 I must go. So... This has been Witch Yes.